Bright light said it gonna set my soul, gonna set my soul on fire. Got a whole lot of money that's ready to burn, so get those stakes up higher. There's a thousand pretty women waiting out there. They're all living the devil may care. And I am just a devil with love and spare. So beaver. What is going on, everybody? Got a podcast finally out to everybody. I've been... Got at least 10 excuses why uh, it's been about a month or more since we've had a podcast. I've moved, um, been watching football. Uh, Grand Theft Auto Five came out. Uh, that's been exciting. I haven't got the new 2K14 basketball, but I'll probably pick that up at some point as well. Uh, so those are my excuses, but enough of that. We're going to get into... Uh, just some of the things that we want to talk about today. I, you know, I'm going to try to keep it card central, even though I don't know how a whole lot has happened in cards over the last month or so. Maybe there has, maybe there hasn't. Uh, again, I've been kind of focused on the sports themselves. Football, we'll talk a little bit about some of these rookies. Some of them, you know, sometimes we get a guy that kind of steps up and then, you know, who, you know, but we, no real consistency, no superstars like we had last year with. Andrew Luck and even Doug Martin and some other guys and Robert Griffin and all these other guys uh, that were selling for big bucks. Uh, we're not really seeing a whole lot of that, although some of these rare cards do sell for. I saw Geno Smith selling for four or five hundred thousand dollars. Some of the more rare cards, so people are paying up and and see some future, some promise there. Um, Panini has a fifteen hundred dollar basketball set that's coming out, so we'll talk about that. Uh, and uh, just some other stuff. I'll throw whatever we feel like in here uh, for the next 30 or 40 minutes. So sit back, relax. We'll talk about uh, just some different stuff. I've got written down here Walmart. Uh, this was a couple weeks ago. Walmart cut orders going into the holiday season. I've always gone on tangents saying, hey, Walmart's got a bad business model. I don't think, not that they have a bad business model, but I don't think they execute it right. And just competing on low price when you have another competitor like Amazon, even though they do it a little bit differently, they're competing on low price and, and technically probably can do it lower in, in some markets than you. It's it's tough to compete. So it just, you know, to spin it in my card angle, you know, some of the, we'll get to Panini's $1,500 basketball set, which is like, I wanted to create a list of like things you could buy for $1,500. I mean, that's like three iPads or that's like, you know, a really, really nice TV. That's like almost a year's worth of cable, like a really good $100 a month cable. That's like $120. You throw in all the other taxes and fees, you're probably at $1,500. So, I mean, it's, it's a lot of money for one set. And um, I'll just segue right into that. And, and so my confusion here, I guess, with this, I, I, I'm actually not confused with this Panini basketball set. I know exactly what's going on with this set. A distributor out there actually, quote, suggested this or this was their idea. And so they're getting kind of an exclusive on uh, maybe having the initial supply and having quite a bit of this product. Uh, you know, maybe that's... Some of that money's up front, I don't know, um, but basically there, it was their idea. Maybe they funded it, maybe they didn't, um, but essentially uh, they'll be in control of a large supply of it. 
Um, and it was recently announced and it had diamonds in it. Like the other day, there's I think one per box or whatever, one per pack essentially is a, a card with a diamond on it. And uh, for those of you out there that are fooled by all the jewelry ads that are on and and uh, all the, you know, you have to buy your wife or your soon-to-be wife or whatever, a diamond every 10 years practically. And um, But think about it. There's a diamond in my town. Uh, maybe if you live in a smaller town or a smaller area, less congested area. But out here in California, it's pretty congested. And let me tell you what, the recession has not, you know, eliminated a lot of businesses. I've seen a lot of businesses close, a lot of businesses models go out the wayside. There's plenty of jewelry stores still out there. There's diamond stores all over the place. Uh, the mall it was half empty at one time, but the, the diamond dealers are still there. Um, so there's lots of diamonds out there. There's lots of markup and lots of uh, premium in that market. So they're not very rare. And if you go and study it and study who has control, it's essentially a monopoly. And although they say they've changed their ways and all this, you can't really trust a company that has basically controlled the market on diamonds. So they're not very rare. So this sets $1,500 and they're not even giving you a very rare gemstone. I think they have emeralds in there um, that it might actually be rare. They're probably certainly more rare than diamonds. Um, so you can manufacture diamonds now. So that's my bit on diamonds. Anybody that knows me that knows that I've had that kick for a while. So that's nothing new. So I, I, that kind of grotesques me. But Panini, who are they marketing this set to? Well, because a distributor has a hold of it and whoever, you know, the there's not very many card stores that's going to stock this. Maybe a handful. You know, how can you stock this if you're a card store? It's $1,500. And I say stock, you know, if you have a buyer that comes in, I'm sure there's probably a handful or more of card stores out there that have a big buyer or a big buyer two or three or four, hopefully, maybe you have a dozen of them and they come in and they say, hey, I've heard about this $1,500 set. I want a box that I don't really consider stocking because you're ordering it. Yeah, you're making some profit, but I'm talking about buying this stuff and putting it on the shelf like almost every other basketball product like momentum and brilliance and prestige. If you're running a hobby shop, you typically have that stuff on the shelf, but a $1,500 product on the shelf, having more than one, two, three, four of those boxes, all of a sudden we're getting into a huge number where you're spending as much on one product as you might on almost your entire inventory for the a regular month. So I don't see card stores really stocking this product. I don't see them as the major buyer, which is one of the avenues that distributors distribute to. So I don't see them. I also don't see the end buyer being like an ultra rich guy. You know, I'm sure that again, I'm, I, I'm generalizing things a little bit here, but uh, you know, the ultra, ultra rich, the guys with the brand new Mercedes every month, and these guys aren't fake rich. They're truly rich and they have either a business or family money or both or, or whatever. They've invested their money or got lucky or whatever it is, but they have money. They're not borrowing it. They're not leveraged to their eyeballs. They truly have millions and millions of dollars sitting in the bank. I don't really see these guys buying it. I think $1,500 is almost not even enough for them. The ultra rich is really, you know, fifteen hundred dollars is more like one hundred and fifty dollars to them. You really need to be fifteen thousand dollars for them to start sweating, opening a box. So, and maybe that's next for Pinini. I mean, where do you go from fifteen hundred dollars? It basically tripled. You know, before now it was like five hundred to maybe a thousand, 
But SRP, I don't know that if there's been really that many sets that are come out SRP, manufactured suggested retail, at over a thousand. I don't think there's been any set. So this one jumps several bars. So hey, maybe the next one's ten thousand. But I don't think the ultra rich are going to do it because my argument is, hey, those guys are so rich. Yeah, maybe they buy a box or two, but how many collectors really are out there like that? I don't know. Maybe there's a lot of them. But I don't really think that's the market. Those guys could just call up, could get Kobe Bryant to show up at their kid's basketball game if they wanted to. Maybe not Kobe, but certainly a lesser NBA player. If you're a billionaire, you can get just about anybody to show up if you really want to. So instead of sending 1500 I could spend you know 10 times more and have the guy in my living room. So I don't think those guys are going to buy it. So that really leaves us to the crowds, the, basically the crowdfunding model of sports cards. And I don't have a huge problem with that model as long as it's done right. And I'll get to that in a second. But leaves it to the bo- group breakers or box breakers, whatever you want to call them. So and that's fine. Leaves it to that market. But okay, well... That market is still, you know, it, there's not that many websites I can go to with all these instructions and make it clear and make it say, you know, when we're targeting the $1,500 buyer, they're not necessarily going to hang out in a chat room all day and buy a spot or have to wait a week for it to fill or, or sit down and watch it on Vaughn Live TV or whatever. You know, I, maybe I'm wrong. But if you're rolling that deep, seems to me you probably have some cooler things you could be doing. Not that you wouldn't buy in the break, maybe watch the video later, or wait for the package to show up at the cards, but or watch it live. But having but the percentage of people willing to do that that then have the money, we're talking about a small market. So I'm not saying that this set's not gonna sell, but it's certainly marketed to a very minute market. So I'm not going to get all like spun up about one set. It is just one set, but it does set the precedent. Now we got a $1,500 set. So that makes anything at a hundred bucks. Looks like now we're playing penny slots. You know, before we were like, Hey, we're, we're over in this section playing at this casino and we, we get our drinks served and everything's nice. But oh, all of a sudden now we're moved to the back and it's smoky and it's, you know, it's a long ways from parking. That's essentially what happens with this 1500 set. It sets such a high bar. You know, it, it, who knows what it'll come out at. But it just seems to me even with diamonds and even if you hit a Kobe and even if you hit a Durant and even if you add in like a Blake Griffin. You know, I'm sure they're all going to be numbered to like 10 or less or whatever, but there's no Michael Jordan in there. There's no LeBron James autographs in there. So it's not, we're missing the two greatest basketball players essentially of all time uh, in there, especially if LeBron keeps winning titles like he, like he has been. And he's been making the finals like it's not even that hard the last several years. So and throughout most of his career. So, you know, there I could see if you had Jordan and, and LeBron and Kobe, I mean, a Jabron, LeBron, Jordan, Kobe triple autograph is worth well more than $1,500, I would think. So, but the, you're not going to have that card. Maybe the best you have is Kobe, Larry Bird, and Magic Johnson. And I don't even know if that card's in the set. But it seems to me with the guys that Panini has, there's only some combinations here that really makes it 
worth $1,500, even if I hit some of the best. I'm sure a Kobe one of, if I had a Kobe one of one and a Durant one of one and a Blake Griffin one of one all in one box on a diamond card of Pau Gasol or something, I'm sure I'm going to have a lot of a lot more than $1,500 of value there. But I, Panini's got to make money on this, and their distributor who had the idea for it has to make money on it. But this is what happens when you listen to people in warehouses that don't really have any interaction with any customers. This is what happens when you let them make the ideas. Instead of, I mean, Panini and all these companies are freaking on, t- on Twitter and Facebook all day, and people are giving them ideas all day, and they don't even, and they throw out a set like this. To me, this is not impressive. Even if it comes out at fifteen hundred, and and guys are hitting cards like crazy, and it goes up to three thousand dollars a box. To me, that's not that hard. You you can load up a box and load up a product and charge whatever you want for it. To me, the skill in sports cards for a manufacturer is to create a cheap product everybody likes, a cheap product that starts out at fifty dollars a box and triples in value, like Panini Prism. Or like Tops and Tops Chrome have in years when you have real hot rookies like Steven Strasburg or even Bryce Harper and stuff like that. Some of those sets really blew up. Uh, obviously, it's a little more difficult in basketball um, because it is kind of a star-driven thing. But I don't know how great of an idea it is to come out with a $1,500 set when the best players you have is Kobe. And Durant's good, but he hasn't won anything. And they're they're not going to give away Larry Bird's and and Magic Johnson's and stuff like that. Magic Johnson's signature, you can go to a Dodger game and get that. Larry Bird's signature is a little harder. So, anyways, let's move on. We're at 13 minutes here. Let's talk a little bit about football. We're in week number five. I think when the last time we did a show, we hadn't even started the season. So I'm not going to do like a, a recap. You guys know what's going on in the NFL. You guys know what's going on with your individual teams. But I did want to talk about some of these rookies. Um, two that have stood out to me just from happening to watch the games because they happen to play the Bengals, who don't necessarily have uh, their advertisers having this amazing defense, and it is amazing up front. I think the front four and and Vontez Perfect uh, are you know as good as anybody in football, and they're certainly getting paid like that. But after you get past that. You know, you can throw on the Bengals. You can run at times against them as well. And they don't score a lot of points, so you're always kind of in the game. But anyways, so I watched the Packers play the Bengals, and I saw this guy, Jonathan Franklin. I've been watching Eddie Lacy and seeing people, you know, slurp on Eddie Lacy. And Eddie Lacy just looks like he could be retired in a couple years. He has no explosiveness. Once he loses kind of that rookie edge, already looks kind of... Not overweight, but looks like in a couple years, um, it's not like he's going to be looking like Reggie Bush, who's kind of reinvent, who, who's been around since 2006 and people have hated on, maybe because he hasn't had quite the career everybody was thinking he was going to have, but he's looking pretty darn good right now. And Eddie Lacy doesn't have that kind of body and that kind of uh, talent, really. Uh, so I don't see him hanging around very very long. But this Jonathan Franklin kid, if he can stay healthy, did have an unfortunate fumble in this game, which really tempered some of the excitement I think people might have had about him. Plus, you have Starks, who's hurt there. And Green Bay is just kind of a revolving door for running backs. But 
I thought for what we're what we got here in this rookie crop with barely any quarterbacks that look exciting to me, Jonathan Franklin looked like an explosive running back, and that certainly could be a weapon for them. Look very much like Giovanni Bernard. I don't think I have to talk too much about him because I think he had a good game on like Monday night or Sunday night football that most people probably watched, and he's a talked about rookie. But I will say this about Gio is that he's he's not going to take the reins of the Bengals and and take them to the house. Um, very few running I don't know if any running backs really done that, especially recently. But um, he's a good player. He's a good player, and I think he'll have really good weeks and, and weeks where, kind of like last week, where he'll only have you know 50 yards and, and not do a whole lot. But uh, he's a solid player. Levon, I think it's Levon. I, I didn't... I had him like on a fantasy team uh, the other day, but he, it was the first time he played. Levon Bell, I think, or Levon or something like that. Plays for the Steelers, running back. I like this guy. He looked good. He was on that in that London game, so probably most of you guys saw that if you were watching TV and had that game on. Um, but looked great to me. Um, only problem here is... Everything lines up here. Steelers running back. Steelers are hugely popular, probably easily in the top five, maybe even the top three most popular teams in the NFL. Uh, problem is that they're struggling. Uh, they don't have a whole lot of talent on that team, um, to be honest with you. Uh, they're kind of, I wouldn't say they're rebuilding, but they're retooling. It's probably a better way to put a team that has like 10 million Super Bowls um, and still has a really good quarterback. But uh, he looked really good to me. Um, again, the Steelers are struggling, so I think if the Steelers were 4-0 and or something like that, or 4-1, and I think people would be more excited about his week last week. But he's a guy that if he could keep turning out 100 yards, a couple touchdowns for the Steelers every week, he certainly will get the opportunities there because they don't have a whole lot at running back and don't have a whole lot at, on offense. Um, so, and, they'll, and they'll probably be behind in a lot of games, so might not get many touches, run, as many touches running, but... Should be mixed in in the pass game. So I like him. Geno Smith looks like a, a second, third-round quarterback at best. Um, team's not that great, but I think if you had, like, Tom Brady on that team or Aaron – you could say this almost about any team, but if if Aaron Rodgers was on the Jets or even someone – Colin Kaepernick was on the Jets, something like that, I think that team would be not 5-0, and but they would be better. And I don't think Geno Smith, you know – after this year, when when we come on to next year, and we got I don't know Bridgewater is a, a a draftee next year, but we got Johnny Manziel next year, so I don't know where he's going to be picked or what his rank is, but we know how hot his autographs are. EJ Manuel again looks like he was picked high, just doesn't look as accurate as you need to be. Maybe he'll progress, but he looks like a poor man's Dante Culpepper who Culpepper's cards at one time were worth as much, way more than probably E.J. Manuel because he had a season where if Peyton Manning didn't go off, he would have won MVP. But how much are Dante Culpepper cards worth now? And so that's kind of what E.J. Manuel reminds me of, just kind of a tall quarterback that can throw the ball a little bit, throw it deep a little bit, connect on those big plays every once in a while, but the intermediate, the touch throws, the stuff like that, not as good, not even as good as Dante was. Dante was a really good quarterback. Matt Barkley, hey, what happened to Matt Barkley? Uh, Nobody even knows this guy. He's not even coming in when they take Michael Vick out. So uh, he's holding a clipboard. 
and not providing a whole lot of excitement. But those are the rookies that I had down here. I'm not really, not really, really, really pumped up as I'm sure you guys are as well. I'm sure some of you guys probably just collect a certain team and and maybe your team's having an an off year, a light year. I've been kind of spoiled, you know, being a Bengals fan, we've had pretty good years. Last year was, was somewhat light, but it's been solid with, with Andy Dalton, AJ Green and, and uh, Gio and Tyler Eifert this year. So, you know, I haven't been buying a whole lot because in the first year they're kind of hot and they're kind of the guy, but uh, you know, Kind of one of the other points I have down here on my on my notes here is, you know, to save money, you gotta buy in the off season. I know all you guys have heard this, and all you guys have 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 gone. We've gone over this, but we get new listeners. I get emails and stuff all the time um, from people that are just picking us up, and so I want to stress, you know, you know, don't get too caught up in the in the middle of a guy or in the beginning of a guy's career. You know, the best example I have recently, this is just like a couple months ago, is A.J. Green. Now, A.J. Green's not performing the last couple weeks very good. And a lot of it is to do probably because teams are like triple teaming him, basically. Um, So, but in the first week, A.J. Green had a ton of catches and two touchdowns against the Bears and looked like the world's greatest wide receiver or the second best wide receiver in the NFL. And I bought a contender's autograph of his several months prior to the season, uh, sometime in probably March or April. And when nobody's cared about, you know, baseball just starts, nobody cares, and base and basketball is kind of heating up in the playoffs. So nobody cares about football. That's the time to buy. Also, you have new rookies coming in. You have new rookies that are either drafted or getting hyped up. So people are kind of saving their money or kind of looking forward to that. AJ Green's kind of yesterday's news. So I was able to get an autograph for 30, a contender's autograph on card, really nice card, for I think $35 on check out my cards. And I looked, I haven't looked now. I don't know what they're worth now. I think they're probably worth at least 35 even after his somewhat poor play. But right after the Bears game, the lowest price on check out my cards was like 60 And so it just shows you just one game in the NFL, even for a player that's played two or three years. Now, A.J. Green's that card was probably an $80, $90, card during his first year and during the offseason of his first year. You can't buy it then. Like, I remember looking at A.J. Green's. I wanted to buy him, and I was like, man, I'm not paying $100 for his, his rookie card because I just don't, you know, guys' careers rarely go like that. You know, guys take breathers, you know, when a new crop of rookies come in. Guys, you know, Bengals fans are collecting Geo and Tyler Eifert, but I would argue now is the time to dip back into the guys in their second or third year, especially after such a good year um, that we had last year. You know, Robert Griffin, people have been doubting him and been questioning his health, and and the Redskins are struggling. Well, you know, I can't, I, I don't know this for a fact, but I bet his his autographs, you know, not necessarily have a really big noticeable decline, but I'm sure if you compare the prices. From now until back into the offseason, and certainly before he had his knee injured, I'm certain, uh, certainly the prices have changed because the perception of him has changed as well. Um, and it's not like you can't turn around. If you really believe in this guy, you know, at some point you want to get in and buy. Um, but just be careful. There's tons of cards. There's tons of players. In the NFL, these guys are cycling over so quick. You know, two years ago, three years ago, Maurice Jones-Drew was the number one running back. 
and now he doesn't even have 50 yards. I know he's been hurt a little bit, and his team sucks, but I, I think if you put him on a great team, he, he's still not going to be a 100-yard, 200-yard back. Chris Johnson, same thing. He's still doing his thing, but he sure, sure isn't looking like CJ2K anymore. So t- things come and go quickly, especially in the NFL. And since we're in the NFL season, I want to caution you guys. It's fun to get in there and dip and dive and buy some guys. And maybe you got LeVon Bell or Jonathan Franklin, you know, got them before they blew up or or about to blow up or about to have a nice streak of games here. Um, But just just be careful, like, building your collection. I think if you're looking to flip, yeah, yeah, you can buy these guys week to week and try to flip them. And if you lose a little money, if you make a little money, whatever, if that's what's entertaining, that's what's sometimes entertaining for me. But if you're trying to build your collection – 5, 10, 18, 20, 100 cards of a certain player. Just be mindful of when you're buying. Just because the guy had 200 yards and you're like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to miss out on, on A.J. Green. Well, good Lord, the last four weeks he's looked like Mohamed Sanu. So, and there's another guy. I just, you know, I know my team because I've been watching the prices. I go and look for Mohamed Sanu cards. I look for Marvin Jones cards and... I was looking at Vontaze Burfick autographs the other day, and I didn't buy one. Because um, I think they'll get cheaper, even though I think he'll get better. There's just more line, more people coming in the NFL, plus we're, we're right in the midst of the season. You get a linebacker for nothing. I don't care if he's a pro bowler. You know, outside of the kid for, for the Packers, Matthews, and J.J. Watt, and guys like that, you can get any defensive player in the offseason for nothing. So I'll definitely wait on Vontaze Burfick. But... That's about all I got for today. I probably will not have a show for a, a little while again. Um, I'm not going to come back like next week and do a show because, well, for one, I don't have a place to live right now. And so it's some, some, sometimes hard to jump on a podcast um, But when you're a guest somewhere else. But I'll, I'll be working on that. That's not by uh, – financial hardship or anything like that i'm just kind of transitioning between i'm actually getting married a lot some of you guys know i'm getting married next year so i'm kind of transitioning in between those two lives and i've got a couple months here where i'm kind of hanging out but um but i'm going to vegas here in in a week or two so i probably (laughs) odds are i probably won't record a show there and um but i'll record one when i get back sometime in october i want to do an nba preview i've been keeping up with what's going on in the NBA. So I'll certainly update you guys when I know what's going on. We'll be probably about 10 days from the season. I think we're about about 30 or less than 30 days, certainly, because we're in the month of October. We're only like 25 days from the NBA season. So I'll have one a week or so before the NBA season. We'll talk about um, some of the stuff there. And uh, I'm sure there'll be more uh, card news, and we'll have a couple uh, more weeks go by in the NFL. So we'll see if any more of these rookies can just take this uh, kind of rookie class and, and win the rookie of the year. Because who's, who's rookie of the year right now? You know, and how strong compared to other rookies of the year that have won in years past, how big, how great does he look? Um, so right now we don't know. We're in week five. So that's that's not good. If we get to week eight and it's kind of like, hey, Giovanni Bernard has six touchdowns and has looked good in every third game for the Bengals, maybe he's the rookie of the year. We'll see. Maybe uh, who knows who wins it. So that's what's exciting about the whole thing. Sit back and watch. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Um, 
I won't have a podcast, but you can always get in touch with me. Uh, Twitter sometimes the best uh, at Sports Card Radio if you want kind of a more immediate response. Uh, Sports Card Show at Gmail dot com. I try to get back to everybody, but sometimes I fall behind. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, whatever else you want to do. Thanks for tuning in today. We are out of here.